Bing bong. I am back with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast, where I'm joined by Craig, who's developing the Bitcoin game. We go into the ins and outs of the Bitcoin game, his unique orange pilling story, and how he's going through the proof of work in the Bitcoin realm, Bitcoin space. So, uh, if you want to hear a wholesome story about a true Bitcoin pleb just trying to make it, tune in and listen to Craig's story, as I think uh, everybody in the audience will really enjoy it. And as always, everything said in this podcast is not financial advice and is strictly the opinion of myself, Brandon, the host, and Craig, the guest, and not that of our employers or anybody else. And like I said, not financial advice, not financial advice, and not financial advice. Now let's get into the episode. Bing bong. We are live with a Friday bonus edition of the State of Bitcoin. I am joined with at Bitcoin fan, uh, Craig, the developer of the Bitcoin game. Craig, how are you doing this Friday? I'm doing great and I'm happy to be here. That's awesome. So we linked up at Bitcoin Miami. Um, and so, yeah, we just kind of, I think we met through um, Justin at the Rocket uh, Bitcoin meetup. But uh, yeah, so how was your time down in Miami and uh, how did you enjoy the conference down there? Um, so I'm recently working for Bitcoin Magazine. So I was covering a lot of the stories and it was really busy for me. Um, it was really exciting because I kind of was hired only a couple weeks before the conference and got to go kind of as a last minute thing. Um, but I was working like 14 hour days, helping with like ad placement on chairs and setting up chairs and just stuff for the conference, as well as uh, doing my Bitcoin magazine coverage. So super busy, but really fun. Yeah, I can imagine. So uh, let's get into it. Let's, uh, let's dive into your Bitcoin story, your orange pill story. So how did you find Bitcoin? Um, how did you uh, determine it was uh, Bitcoin and Bitcoin only? And did you uh, kind of, I guess, venture off into any uh, altcoins or anything like that during your journey? Or were you always uh, Bitcoin only? Um, so I actually wrote an article about this. Um, it was my first piece published for Bitcoin Magazine. Um, I started my journey purchasing Ethereum um, or ETH. I thought I was like, Bitcoin's old and slow. Uh it, this is going to change everything. We've got this new thing that's much cooler. Um, I actually got interested in Bitcoin um, and other cryptos at, at like mid to late 2017. So like in the middle of euphoria, I'd say. So the price was going up like $1,000 a day for Bitcoin. Um, and it was very exciting. So I bought both Ethereum and Bitcoin, kind of went into the shitcoin land. Um, and then I... That was like August. So, you know, the price crashed in late December and it was nice being in the euphoria time because everybody was interested and excited. And that's kind of why it um, had a blow off top. So I was able to talk about it with a lot of friends. We talked about all sorts of different cryptos. And um, once the price crashed, I did a lot more research and that because I thought like during the price run up, I thought this thing's going to change the world. And so once it crashed, I was like, man, I put a lot of money in this. I should probably learn about why I thought it was going to change the world. And through that educational journey is where I uh, capitulated on all of my other altcoins and went full Bitcoin only. Um, and that is like 
where I'm at now. Bitcoin is the only way to go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of, I feel like a lot of people um, almost discredit, uh, you know, shit corners because that's not where, um, you know, they necessarily started. You know, maybe some people were just lucky enough to say Bitcoin, Bitcoin only, but I feel like a lot of people kind of venture down the uh, shit coin path and maybe get rug pulled or, or something along the lines. And then they kind of come to the realization, you know, it's Bitcoin and uh, Bitcoin only. But uh, yeah. yeah, somebody at my meetup actually said Bitcoin maximalists aren't born, they're educated. Um, and I thought that was a good way to put it. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I see in your Twitter bio that you're a former elementary school uh, teacher and administrator. So uh, talking about uh, the li uh, lines of uh, education, did that kind of inspire you to start to d develop this, uh, the Bitcoin game? Yeah. So um, once, like just as soon as I was orange pilled, um, I fell down the rabbit hole. All my time and energy went into learning about Bitcoin, studying Bitcoin, the different uh, aspects. There's so many different aspects about Bitcoin, economics, philosophy, game theory, um, just the technical aspects of like running a node and connecting to that node and operating a hardware wallet and things like that. So I spent all my time doing that and my interest kind of waned in the educational field. But I started a meetup um, as a way to kind of like get interested um, parties and like kind of use that educational skills, uh, those educational skills. And so I started a local meetup. I was trying to get into the industry. So that was like kind of part of my proof of work, um, trying to build up skills for a resume. Um, and during those meetups, I realized that people needed a hands-on way to understand how Bitcoin works. So I created a, a simple little lesson um, to just teach Bit how Bitcoin works. People had like a paper ledger, they rolled dice to, to simulate mining. Um, and so I kind of led people through this um, activity for how Bitcoin operates. And I did that from a place where I was like the code. And so I was directing this activity, but, but um, I wasn't like the power. I was just kind of like telling people how the code operates. And then I met um, Scott from Shamari and he um, just sent me a DM and said, hey, come check out my game at Tab Conference in Atlanta. And so I, once I talked to him and got the game, I started thinking like, maybe there's a way I could turn this, this lesson into a board game. And so that's kind of how the game has came into existence. And right now I'm doing a lot of prototyping and uh, iterating to kind of figure out how to make it fun and, and exciting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, we actually had a uh, you know Scott and his wife from Shamari uh, on not too long ago. So um, kind of having a game theme here. But uh, tell me about uh, I guess the development of the game. Um, I know you said you're still in the prototyping phase. Is it uh, you know somewhat based off any other game? I know the Shamari card game that they have is based off the game memory. Uh, yeah. Did you do something like along those lines, or are you kind of uh, coming up with? more of a, an original board game um it's definitely an original board game i would say that like i'm not somebody who is a big board game player um i think we like my family owns Candyland, um and so it's been really interesting to um to use my brother as a resource because he's extremely knowledgeable at board games it's like what he does with his friends so um 
he's kind of helped me steer the game. And it's been ex extremely interesting because he has friends that develop games and a lot of them come up with the mechanics of the game first. And then they come up with a theme to fit those mechanics. Whereas like I have the theme of the game, which is Bitcoin and the Bitcoin network. And now I'm trying to develop mechanics. Um, so the process is a lot of um, design work and just drawing it out, playing it, and then making a bunch of changes and then like fixing the design and, and fixing the mechanics. Right now I'm really working out the balance because there's a lot of, uh, there's too much like player interaction right now where people are basically like charging others for services in the game. And so they're losing Bitcoin, people are losing Bitcoin too much um, through, through that type of interaction. And so I'm kind of trying to balance it and figure out the balance a little bit more. Gotcha. Well, can you kind of walk us through a little bit of, uh, I guess, your overall mindset of, you know, what what you're thinking the game's going to be like right now? I know you're still in the prototyping phase, but can you give us a little hint uh, as to, I guess, how you play? Yeah, for sure. So everybody starts off with um, a die, like one die, and they um, they all roll it at the same time to simulate mining. And so... Um, one of the changes I made is everybody started with a with a twenty sided die, and now everybody's going to start with a six sided die. And it's like if they land on like one or two of the numbers, then they'll have found a block, um, like a specific number. And so whoever does that first has found a block, and then they collect Bitcoin, um, and then they can use that Bitcoin to purchase either um, they can upgrade their die to to um, one that they'll have like more likelihood, more probability of finding a block, or um, they could purchase a hardware wallet. Um, they could purchase a full node and they can purchase point cards. Um, so the hardware wallet and the, the point, the hardware wallet and the full node protect them from certain things that happen in the game. So they might pull a card um, that where there's an exchange hack. And if you don't have a hardware wallet, then you lose Bitcoin. So it's like teaching them the importance of a hardware wallet, but you're not explaining that. They just start to get that through play. Like, oh shoot, exchange hack means like my Bitcoin's lost unless I have this device that like will protect it. Um, and so same deal with a full node. So for, for full nodes, if they pull, if somebody pulls a card that's like there's a change in the consensus rules, um, they might lose Bitcoin unless they run a full node. Um, it's like that. Double spends are another thing that might happen that impact you if you don't have a full node um, or a hard fork or something like that. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's a lot of different intri intricacies uh, that you got for the game all surrounding uh, the Bitcoin theme. So um, yeah, it sounds great. Uh, sounds like a lot of fun. So uh, do you, I know you're currently uh, in like the fundraising phase. Do you want to kind of explain what you're doing and how you're going about that? Sure. Yeah. So um Basically, being a um, being a new company and like trying to figure out design work and iterating, all of that costs money. Every time I play the game and I have to make a change, I have to print out more pieces of paper that have um, the different cards on them. I have to contact my designer to see if he can help me out with like just some of the design work. Um, and then I made a really, really solid prototype um, of the game. So it's it's just a prototype. Um, it's going to change a lot, but essentially I made a prototype that looks like a final edition so I could get sponsorships from the game. Um, so some of my goals are getting, my first goal is to develop Bitcoin education just through fun and play. Um, I think 
a lot of times people are overwhelmed with Bitcoin. There's so many things to learn about it. And then the network and technological stuff is really um, can be difficult to understand. And so this is like a, a simplified way to teach those things. So the first goal is Bitcoin education through fun and play. And then the second goal is building out the Bitcoin ecosystem. So on a lot of the cards, such as like the hardware wallet card uh, and the full node cards, there's actual for the prototype, there's actual company products on there. So my hope with doing that is to get com companies interested in sponsoring the game, because not only do I want people to recognize like the importance of running a hardware, uh, having a hardware wallet, or running a full node, but then I want them to know where to look by uh, having a trusted Bitcoin only company on there. Um, so the, the prototype I gave out to a bunch of game testers and companies in, at, in Miami, and I'm hoping to get companies to sponsor the game. Um, and I'm talking to a few right now who are, are expressing some interest, but nothing is solidified besides Crypto Cloaks. Um, shout out to Rick at Crypto Cloaks. He's our, our first sponsor. Um, and then in addition to that, I was, this game is built uh, by a pleb. It's four plebs to help orange pill their families, friends and families, because um, I think a lot of us kind of sound crazy like the, the Charlie Day meme um, uh, when we try to explain Bitcoin. So this is just like, hey, you're tired of hearing me explain Bitcoin. Let's just like play this game. Um, so that's kind of the, the goal with that. And so um, I'm also doing a Bitcoin only crowdfund right now through Geyser Fund. Um, they've been really awesome to work with. They're basically trying to replace Kickstarter um, and sort of GoFundMe too. So I'm their first like rewards backed program right now. So it's only Bitcoin. It's not like Kickstarter where you um, put donate dollars. It's just you're donating Bitcoin to the project, but you get a reward for backing it. Um, so I see this question. Does it take as long as Monopoly? No, gameplay right now takes like 45 minutes to an hour. Um, so definitely not as long as Monopoly where you're like leaving out all the fake money everywhere and for two days um, just to finish it or giving up before you're even done. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, so a lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot of awesome stuff there. So um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, with, uh, I mean, the, the trucking convoy and everything that went on with there with uh, GoFundMe, I think, you know, having... Uh, this new, um, you know, what was the platform that you said it was called again? It's called Geyser Fund. And like, exactly like you're saying, you know, I could have done a, uh, I could have done a regular old Kickstarter, but it's like, this game is about a Bitcoin standard. I'm like, we're trying to build the world that we want to live in. And that's on a Bitcoin standard. So it's like, I don't want to accept USD for the Bitcoin game. I want to accept Bitcoin and take Bitcoin only and take it that route because that's the world i'm trying to live in yeah exactly and it seems like geyser is definitely helping you do that at least from the fundraising stance and uh you know there's there's a lot of different mediums now that it seems like uh you know once you set up the shop if you do it online or in store or retail um there's definitely going to be ways for you to accept bitcoin for payment for uh the game which will be you know pretty cool in my opinion that uh you know not only are you going to be fundraising and, and doing all that stuff there you can eventually accept bitcoin um when you get the game rolling out and everything like that yeah that's definitely the plan um i could you know even now like so it's been interesting to do a bitcoin only crowdfund because i think people are more hesitant to part with their bitcoin but you know you could use strike to still use dollars and then it will just end up as Bitcoin in my node. 
Um, so that's still a way to donate with dollars without having to part with any of your Bitcoin. Yeah. And then I'll definitely get the uh, geyser link and uh, everything like that from you. And we'll put it in the comments and the YouTube and in the show notes. Um, and I'll also tweet it out um, at my at Green Candle IT. So be on the lookout for that if you guys want to uh, donate to um, you know his efforts on developing uh, the Bitcoin game. Um, so yeah, uh, overall, um, it seems like you're, you're or you mentioned it earlier, which I think is kind of interesting that you're not necessarily a big board game guy. So um, are you doing this to kind of try to turn into a board game guy? Do you have some sort of interest in board games? You know, why, why make it a board game and not uh, you know, maybe a card game or I don't know, even something more extreme like a, a video game or a phone app or something like that? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I am, I think people learn tactically, like kinesthetically through doing. Um, so the game started out as an educational activity that was hands-on. Um, and so I tried to keep that as close to the original activity as I could, um, because I think that's the way that people are going to learn. Um, I wouldn't say I'm trying to become a board game person, although I've gotten a lot of uh, board game recommendations from people to like study essentially. So I can like use that to model off of uh, because my game is like kind of a, it's a combination of a lot of different types of games. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I think that like through development, I am looking to other games, but I wouldn't say I'm like trying to become a, a board game person. And the reason I haven't looked to um, apps is like, I'm not a coder. I wouldn't even know where to start with that. Um, right now, this game is just me. Um, so I'm doing all of the um, like, not the like Photoshopping design work, although I'm doing some of that, but I'm doing like all of the game design work, um, look, thinking about how it should look, how it could look um, and different balancing so it's like right now it's all on me and my skills are much more uh related to like the the physical world so there's actually some other video games that are on the geyser fund page right now um that are fundraising um so that it's i think they're just kind of focusing on games right now so if you are interested in in other like video games or things like that for for bitcoin education then there are definitely other projects out there i just wanted to keep mine like in the physical space i gotcha yeah and i think uh i think yeah like you said i think board games are, are a great way to learning um you know robert kiyosaki um you know whether you like him or not uh rich dad poor dad very popular and he's made some board games uh from there and from i've never actually played them but from what i've heard of them uh you know they teach a lot of people like the cash flow quadrant and all that kind of stuff um kind of drills in the head of you know how to how the world works when you know exactly like you're saying you're not necessarily teaching somebody and like narrowing it down in their head you're just kind of playing the game and it just kind of organically gets um you know absolved in their head so um, yes overall, it's a good idea yeah like my so you know i've been for a while in the early stages i was virtually i was playing virtually with my mom and my brother who are just uh far away from me uh geographically and so um even just in the way they started talking about Bitcoin, it was like they know nothing about Bitcoin, um, but like they were understanding things about full nodes and hardware wallets that most people, I think, don't understand. And that was just through playing the game. So 
I think that that's kind of like the way to orange pill people is, you know, one, get them skin in the game. So this game doesn't actually get you physical, like actual Bitcoin through playing um, like some, some video games might do, but it, 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 another way to orange pill people is just get them to understand how it works. Nobody knows how email works, but everybody uses that on a day-to-day basis. But this is something that people put money into, and I think that kind of changes it for them. I've been trying to orange pill um, the farmers at the farmer's market, and a lot of them are like, I'm going to need to know how this works. And I'm like, here, just download a, a wallet on your phone. It's like downloading an app. You're just receiving money. It's just like the same way you would do with your um, your like Square card reader on your phone you like set an amount and press receive and then make an invoice but they're like i gotta know how this works so that's what the, the goal of the game is is like teach people how it works and then they might feel more comfortable getting a hardware wallet running a full node buying into bitcoin yeah for sure um yeah i mean obviously the ins and outs and um once they kind of become educated it's not just funny internet money to them they actually uh you know, understand the ins and outs of, of Bitcoin, which is awesome. Now let's get into your uh, background a little bit. You, we mentioned it a little bit uh, at the beginning, but you are an educator uh, or a former educator. Um, do you think that, uh, I guess, that background and, uh, you know, your uh, initial, uh, I guess, fiat mining job uh, of being an educator has kind of led you down this path to uh, just want to educate more people and orange pill more people um, when it comes to Bitcoin? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, it's, I'm really good at, I think I'm really good at explaining things in a way that people can understand um, and kind of simplifying or using analogies for people to understand, uh, but they have to be interested in it. Um, And so, you know, I actually will, my OPSEC might not be the greatest, but like I'll wear Bitcoin shirts because I want people to approach me about it, to ask me about Bitcoin, because then I'm like, they're primed and ready. But when I go to the farmer's market and I'm like, just, hey, do you want to take Bitcoin? They're like, you know, deer in headlights. And then I feel like a salesman and it doesn't really work out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason I run a meetup um, is because I feel pretty knowledgeable about Bitcoin and can explain it well. Um, so that, I mean, that's how this game evolved it started out as just basically a lesson and i wrote it out in like a lesson plan format for myself to lead at meetups and things like that um and i just you know as a teacher don't exactly make money so um that kind of led me on the path of trying to save in mon- in a hard money that was going to um increase in value instead of lose value as quickly as my dollars were Um, and it just also helped me save money for the first time. Again, being a teacher, it wasn't like I had much spare cash on hand, but once I found Bitcoin, it was all going into Bitcoin for savings. So yeah, I mean, this journey has led me to, um, to work in the Bitcoin industry in addition to trying to create a product, um, to sell. So now I'm working for Bitcoin magazine after, um, about a year of being unemployed, trying to put in proof of work through meetups writing articles for Bitcoin magazine um, and just kind of like attending conferences, doing whatever I could to show up in, in, in the space and just like make myself known. That's awesome. That's great stuff. Uh, really boots on the ground. Uh, you know, Bitcoiner seems like are just a, just the average pleb trying to make it. So I, I really like that story. Um, so tell us a little bit about your meetup. Um, you know, where is it located? How did you get it started? And like, you know, how have you found it successful to uh, help it grow? That's a good question. Um, so basically, you could, I just did it on meetup.com. Um, the first meetup I went out to, 
Um, it was in Austin, Austin Bit Devs, and they it was through Meetup.com, so that was kind of like how I um, found it. Actually, I had a uh, really big FOMO from Miami last year, um, so I was like, I'm going out to Austin. I know there's a lot of Bitcoiners out there. I've heard good things about Austin Bit Devs, and that's where I sh- when I showed up and talked to some of the guys at Unchained because I was interested in working there. Um, they were like, Hey, um, where's your proof of work? in for this space like what have you done to like contribute to bitcoin and that could look in many different ways right like there's no way not that people are looking for um the like credentials but there's no way to go to school for bitcoin really right now um so that was just like uh it was a a way that it kind of flipped things on its head of like we don't care about like where you went to school or what you've done it's like what have you done for bitcoin um and so that that kind of shifted my gears and that inspired me to start the meetup. Um, so I just made a group on meetup.com. Um, I think it, co- it cost like 60 bucks or something for the first maybe six months. Um, and then, uh, which I, I just paid for even though I was unemployed. And now that like it's um, rolling and we've got probably about 10, 10 members at our Asheville meetup, it's in North Carolina. Um, so one of our members made a shirt and then we just like, basically you upcharged for the shirt, let everybody knew, know we were upcharging. And then like all that extra money went towards paying for the group. Um, but it's been a really great meetup because um, a lot of people in my area are like more crypto interested in crypto. And since I started it, I'm able to be like, nope, this is Bitcoin only. And um, it's, it's weeded out some people. So it, our meetup hasn't grown as uh, much as maybe some other crypto focused meetups have grown um and so we only have about like eight to ten but um eight to ten regular attendees and sometimes people come and then they don't come back because we don't let them talk about their nfts and things like that but i see there's a comment about more meetups in canada you can start it so um definitely be the be the change you can be the uh the instigator of that yeah, for sure. And I think, uh, you know, the, the one thing that uh, I've seen at least develop in the United States uh, is a lot of just small town meetups, whether it's, uh, you know, like Justin that we met uh, from Huntsville, he's starting to develop it. Sounds like you're got it uh, up and going in Asheville as well. Um, but Asheville's a really cool town. I've been up there a couple times and I know that they've uh, they kind of try to have the uh, the Austin like Portland kind of vibe where it's like keep Asheville weird. Um, and I grew up in Austin, so, you know, I'm partial to that, uh, that saying, I, I always got to say that it's, uh, Austin first and then, you know, maybe Portland and then, then maybe Asheville, but, uh, yeah, I mean, so, um, I, I think, uh, you know, you know, at the, at the end of the day, when you're setting up these meetups and you, you're going to have a lot of noise come in, uh, kind of like you're talking about where it's, uh, a lot of crypto or NFTs or whatnot, but I think uh, if you keep it as a Bitcoin and Bitcoin only, you know, the true Bitcoiners will kind of come out and and maybe people will eventually kind of see the light and see that, you know, you're so passionate about just Bitcoin and, you know, it should be only Bitcoin and not NFTs and all these other things that, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to come around and that's how you're going to get the more loyal uh, you know, loyal people. Yeah, I have some meetups around where I'm at, and um, some of them uh, are, are they get decently sized, um, but there's definitely a lot of people that are into the uh, shit coinery there. So it seems like almost uh, 
you know, they do like weekly ones, at least like two or three of the weekly ones, they get into some argument about how uh, uh, Ethereum is better than Bitcoin or something like that. So, um, you know, there's definitely uh, some some good Bitcoin meetups out there, too, that, uh, you know, stay strictly Bitcoin. Um, so, yeah, yeah there's, the I think area. I think there's a lot of Bitcoin only meetups. Um, I know Nashville has a great one. Atlanta has a bit devs. Um, Austin has a bit devs meetup um, and they all have a different flavor. Like Justin, uh, he's such a, he's the connector of connecting everybody. Uh, but he runs the Huntsville one. And I don't know how many people attend that one um, compared to all. I just haven't been to it, but like, I mean, Nashville gets like a hundred people and, and I travel there for that meetup and it's very different than the Austin meetup. So BitDevs is very technically focused. Um, Nashville kind of has like a blend of um, some of the more technical stuff, but also um, just different speakers, different panelists, different topics. Um, so I, I'm a big fan of that one because I'm not a programmer. I'm not a coder. So like a lot of the stuff and I consider myself to know a decent amount of Bitcoin, but then I get to Austin bit devs and I'm like, all of this is over my head um, because they're talking about all the code specifics. Um, so yeah, I think like by traveling to different meetups, it's really nice to like figure out kind of the flavor of meetup you want to run. Um, and, and even like everybody's so um, helpful in this space. Um, like, Justin and I talk about like topics we want to lead. Um, I also talk, have talked with Justin Moon, who used to run the Austin BitDevs meetup, um, and just kind of like gauge how people are doing it, even the timeline. So like my meetups weekly, I'm not able to go weekly all the time, um, but it's like, it's just regular. So people aren't even responding on meetup anymore as much. Like they're not RSVPing, but like I'll still get, you know, eight to 10 people or more um, because they just know it's a weekly thing. Whereas like Nashville, it's very focused, but it's once a month. So it's like people know the, the schedule, they know who's going to be there and then um, they can kind of plan that out. Whereas mine, it's like way more low key. It's way more social. A lot of times I just kind of see what people want to learn about and talk about. And we just kind of go from there. Yeah, I think there's definitely benefits to both the more formal and the more informal. Um, you know, I, at the end of the day, too, when I went to the uh, Bitcoin conference in Miami, it seemed like one of the stages was almost just exactly the Nashville Bitcoiners uh, meetups because I went there a couple times. And, uh, you know, it's great. Uh, you, you learn a lot for sure sitting there. Um, but, you know, sometimes you just want to sit, have a beer, talk to other Bitcoiners, too. So. Um, you know, I think uh, both having their own flavor uh, is definitely good. Now let's get into uh, Bitcoin Magazine. I, I know you said you just kind of started there right before. Um, are you able to tell us a little bit, like kind of how you ended up there and how you how you wound up at, at Bitcoin Mag and kind of how it's going so far? Yeah. So, um, you know, I started writing for them in like October. Um, we accept anyone um who wants to write um, can submit an article. We have like an open uh, submission. It's not a paid gig, but it's, um, it's definitely um, a way to get your, your voice out there. And, and I was like on Twitter throughout my whole, like 20 starting in like 2017 um, when I found Bitcoin, but I didn't, um, I was quiet. Like I didn't tweet about things. I just kind of was an observer. Um, so when I, once I started writing for Bitcoin magazine, that's actually when I really found my voice. Um, 
and started like feeling more like confident and like I actually know about Bitcoin and I can uh, comment on it. I'm not just an observer anymore. Um, and so that was a really interesting and exciting time period for me. And so like once you submit an article and it gets published, um, which we have so many submissions, not all of them are getting published. Um, but once you submit an article and it gets published, then you're um, can, you're invited into like a private Telegram chat. And so that kind of just became a, a really nice community for me of other contributors, people who didn't necessarily work for Bitcoin Magazine, but were like very interested in Bitcoin, interested in writing and contributing to the space. And so I was on that chat. I was pretty active in there. I wrote about five articles for, for Bitcoin Magazine uh, when I saw that they had a position open and I actually found it through Bitcoiner Jobs. So shout out to Bitcoiner Jobs because they're a way better version of LinkedIn. Um, I actually joined LinkedIn and I wish I hadn't um, just to find a job. And um, Bitcoiner Jobs was like the way to go. Um, so I think that by showing up, by being present in the chat and just uh, really putting in that proof of work was really how I got the, um, how I got the job. Um, I, when I public posted about it, I saw other people that were like, I had other people reach out to me saying like, oh, I applied for that job too. And I didn't get it. Like, what did you do? And I was like, I've just been showing up here. Um, and here's how you could show up more too. So yeah, so now I'm, I basically am getting to do what I was already doing, but get paid for it. I get to like read through a bunch of Bitcoin articles and then I, I like edit them for grammar. And I also get to help decide if they make the cut or not for being published. That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, that's tr truly boots on the ground, grassroots uh, Bitcoin stuff that you got going on here. So that that's uh, awesome. You know, like you just said, it's a proof of work. Um, and it seems like you really mean that. So um, just through everything. So, um, yeah. Uh, why don't you, uh, I guess, wrap it up by telling us where, um, you know, you could find uh, any more information on the Bitcoin game. Um, I know you have your Twitter handle there at Bitcoin underscore fan, but that's with a PH, P-H-A-N, if I'm saying that correctly. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, do you have like a website or anything like that for the Bitcoin game? No website yet. Um, that's part of what I'm, I'm hoping to use some of the funding for the, uh, the fundraising that I'm doing. Um, so yeah, that, that PH is a fish reference from the band Fish. Uh, so yeah, you can find me at Bitcoin underscore P-H-A-N. Um, I also have the handle on Twitter for uh, the Bitcoin game. It's just uh, the Bitcoin game and then underscore after that. So no website yet, um, but you can donate to the Geyser Fund. It's, um, you can find the Bitcoin game at geyser.fund um, and it's, it's under their projects. There's only a few projects that they're running right now as they get their website uh, more up and running, but they're awesome. They're an awesome team. Um, and I guess I just want to end with like advice to anybody that is trying to get work in this industry. Um, the, uh, there was an interesting conversation on Twitter about like different companies and whether or not they were like accepting or um, inclusive even. Um, and so, you know, Bitcoin, a lot of the Bitcoin companies don't necessarily have as much uh, funding as like some of the crypto companies who are just printing money out of thin air um, without proof of work. And or like doing airdrops or things like that. So like the Bitcoin companies are very selective and they're looking for people who have shown up. And so just if you're trying to get a job in the industry, like figure out ways to contribute to the space, whether that's like writing a blog or writing for maybe Bitcoin magazine or another publication, maybe that's just like running nodes 
and figuring out how they work on the technical level. Um, maybe that's writing code. Um, whatever it is that you can do, use your skill set because there are jobs in this industry, but they're just not a ton yet. And um, like my friend Odell says, uh, every company is going to be a Bitcoin company at some point uh, once we hit hyper Bitcoinization. So um, whether or not you are working for a actual Bitcoin company, you can always just be fiat mining for Bitcoin and figuring out how else to contribute to the space in the meantime. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up with that. Um, Craig, thank you so much for coming and uh, giving me some time today. Um, and yeah, I hope to have you back on when when you release it. And uh, let me know about everything where you know when when you get the website up and running. And I'll uh, tweet out the Geyser link and put that all in the show notes. Show notes. So everybody that's listening, uh, you know, if you got a few sats to spare, be sure to donate because. Uh, Craig's doing some great, great work in the space and, and trying to educate the masses. Thanks. Yeah. Every sat counts on that geyser fund. Yes, it does. All right. Well, that's it for us here at the state of Bitcoin. Hope to see you back next time. All right. Thanks for having me.